The Pelicans' loss to the Rockets on Saturday was like so many before. So does that mean it's time to remove Willie Green as head coach because he's holding the team back? I'm here to tell you not so fast because when you really get into it, that loss reveals a hard reality about this Pelicans team that's separate from the head coach. I'll explain in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you on the 26th of Tuesday, took Christmas Day off, courtesy of Locked On, thanks for letting them do that. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, I hope you've been having a wonderful holiday season, and I'm excited to be back with with y'all breaking down what happened in this loss for the Pelicans 106-104 to the Houston Rockets on Saturday many people calling for Willie Green to be fired as head coach of this team this is interesting because he's clearly not doing the best job but I do think this loss really encapsulates a lot of what's wrong with this Pelicans team and has a very hard truth for us to understand about them maybe recalibrating some of the expectations you're going to want to stick around for this whole episode because each segment is really tied together here we're going to break down what happened in this loss what are the big reasons why they lost to the Houston Rockets when they honestly should have won and I'm going to ask you a question have we seen those reasons before are those reasons tied to head coach Willie Green or is it something to do more with the roster in the front office? We're going to look at all of that in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, by the way, brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. I literally just used it. I'll tell you about that coming up in a little bit in today's show. And of course... Thanks for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Become an everyday listen Monday through Friday so you never miss anything about the show. A couple uh, past shows are going to be referenced in today's episode. So let's get into it. 106-104 loss for the Pelicans to the Houston Rockets. What happened? Without assigning blame in the moment, just simply the facts, here are the reasons they lost this game. And I'm going to ask you a bit of a rhetorical question right now. You can answer in the comments down below if you want, though. Are any of these reasons particularly new to the team this year? So number one, the offense goes cold. They had 20, 20 points in the fourth quarter. This is tied to a lack of three-point shooting as well. They're 8 of 31 from three. There's also a lack of depth with this, right? You know, when you look at the fourth quarter shot numbers, it's guys like Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Dyson Daniels taking, Dyson Daniels took three shots in the fourth. Jeremiah Robinson Earl took three shots in the fourth. They were combined one of six. Those aren't good offensive players. They're playing significant roles in the fourth quarter and taking a ton of shots. They took as many shots each as Zion Williamson did. They took one fewer than Brandon Ingram, who went one for four. This is just simply... Bad offense and players that shouldn't be offensive pieces forced for a variety of reasons, which we'll get into in the next segment, being offensive pieces here. They were two of nine from three. Dyson Daniels was 0 for two. Uh, JRE was 0 for two. Brandon Ingram was one of four. And the only one who made two threes 
any threes in the fourth quarter, was Trey Murphy, who went two of four, nine points, the leading scorer for the Pelicans in the fourth, and he was two of four, and he played the whole quarter. All of that's going to come back into play with all of this, right? When you look at that, it's basically teams being like, we're going to force Brandon Ingram to have tough shots. We're going to not make life easy on Zion Williamson or CJ McCollum, and we'll let literally anybody else beat us. And when you do that, you're banking on those players not being able to do it. And when you muster just 20 points in the fourth quarter against the Houston Rockets team, that strategy by Ime Udoka paid off. You could actually, going back to the game against the Memphis Grizzlies, when the Pelicans decided not to double team John Morant on that final possession go, this is what a good head coach does. You kind of play the numbers, you play the odds with this sort of thing. You eliminate the star players like let anyone else beat you. Rockets did a very good job of that in the fourth quarter. They were more physical than the Pelicans, all of those things. And the Pelicans had no answer because of a slight lack of depth. This is why, and I'll repeat this later if you're an everydayer, I don't think the Pelicans are as deep as a lot of other people say that they are. They have nice players that can contribute, but largely still struggle when it comes to offense and are very limited. Another reason they lost this game, rebounding. It was actually even throughout this game for the most part in terms of offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, the rebounding battle for the team. But the Houston Rockets had 17 second chance points. This is something that has come up regularly for the New Orleans Pelicans throughout this season. However, they are a good defensive rebounding team. They're ninth best even after this. But the 17 second chance points when the Pelicans do get stops defensively, well, they're not actually getting stops because you're giving the opponent other opportunities to be able to go and do things. This has hurt them. It definitely cost them in this game, even if the rebounding numbers were relatively even. So... Keep that in mind. Again, we're going to go all of these again in the next segment too. Rebounding was a problem for them. Tied to that is also Alper and Shingun going off. 37 total points, four, uh, 11 in the fourth quarter. They had no answer for him, right? Jonas Valanciunas fouled out in 26 minutes. He was largely ineffective in this game. Who else is there, right? Jeremiah Robinson Earl is your backup big that could play, but there's limitations with him as a player. They also had turnover problems. That's been an issue at times, too. Just 16, which for them isn't horrible. And they had six in the fourth quarter, which is bad compared to just two for the Houston Rockets. But this is also tied to the first thing we talked about, bad offense, right? Spacing, other issues. Brandon Ingram also going one of four in the fourth quarter isn't going to help things when he's being forced to take tough shots, which also leads to turnovers, right? Zion dribbling into traffic, his shoe popping off, and then not getting points on offense, getting the turnover, leading to a fast break for the Houston Rockets. All of these things were just a mess. A lot of these have to do with spacing and the lack of offensive threats out there on the court at any given time. Is that a badly designed offense? Or, and we'll ask this question, we'll dive into it a little bit more in the next segment, is that have to do with limited offensive players and the roster? So turnover, six in the fourth quarter. And then there were also missed free throws. The free throw battle was pretty even, and the Pelicans are one of the best teams in the league at getting to the free throw line. They're top five when it comes to that. But in this game, they couldn't make free throws, and that was a big part of the problem. And a lot of that is Zion Williamson. Five of 10 at the free throw line. The Pelicans missed nine total free throws, 20 of 29, 69%. The Houston Rockets were 27 of 35, 77%. Alperin Shengun led the way for the Houston Rockets. He was 14 of 17, 17 for the, from the free throw line ties into them being more physical. So all of those things that I just said, have we heard those before? 
Have we heard about bad offense? Yes, we have, right? Rebounding, yes, yes, we have. Turnovers, absolutely, right? Lack of spacing, yes. Letting another player go off and not really having an answer for that sort of thing. Of course, missed free throws. Somehow, someway, this is an issue with the team. I want you to think about those for a second here, right? We've heard all of this before. Are those coaching staff problems? Are those roster problems? Are those something else problems? I want to talk about that and look at it in that context because if you're going to fire head coach Willie Green, you need to make sure things get better. But if these are inherent flaws with the team, is bringing in a new head coach going to do it? Let's talk about each of those things we just went over and see how the coaching staff impacts those directly or indirectly. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Brandon Pazemski, he's looked comfortable as a starter for the Warriors. He's widely available in fantasy leagues and he contributes across the board. Don't forget Malachi Branham on the San Antonio Spurs. He's set to be a starter for the short term at least and he slashed some increased passing sales which is going to increase his fantasy viability. So Josh Lloyd from the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars. I have an old 1976 Corvette that I'm fixing up. I work on my Jeep as well. Look, I put new parts on them all the time. I want to make sure those things fit. The last thing you want is to spend more time going back and forth to the store, anything like that, or you take off a part and now the new part doesn't fit. So what do you do? You don't need to worry about that with eBay Motors at all. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. You want to upgrade brake kits, right? LED headlights, seabed, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions only apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to y'all like nobody else is. And today we are talking to coaching staff. Look, let me know in the comments down below. Do you think Willie Green should be fired? Do you think there needs to be a little bit more patience? Are you just not really worried at all? Because the Pelicans do, in fact, have a winning record. And we'll look at all of that in this segment and the next segment as well, and of course, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Support the channel that way. Tell a friend about the show. And if you're an everyday or let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So we just went over the big reasons why they lost to the Houston Rockets. Again, none of these are particularly new. So how does the coaching staff help or hurt with some of these things? So let's kind of take it from the top and the most obvious one, the offense, right? They need to be better. This is the one that the coaching staff has the most control over, I think, of any of these things. And if you're looking for like the giant red flag, it's this. They need more offensive lineups. This has been Willie Green's biggest problem, particularly this season. He's too stubborn with some of the players he wants, and they want to win through defense. But better offense beats better defense in the NBA currently. It's an offensive-driven league, especially when you look at this season with the points explosion out there. Good offense is going to beat good de defense. It's really as simple as that. And if you aren't designing your team with a smart offense, you're going to lose games that you shouldn't lose. 
That said, this team does have a winning record at 17 and 13, four games over 500 in a tough Western Conference. So what this team is doing right now is working. Keep that in mind because it's going to come back in the next segment of today's show. But they need more offensive lineups. And Willie Green has been proven to be too stubborn with the guys that he sticks with, right? Garrett Temple gave them nothing for a whole season, and he was playing over a guy like Trey Murphy who could potentially give you better offense. Same with Devontae Graham and some other players, too. You know, Najee at times should not be out there on the court, and maybe you need more shooting in Jordan Hawkins, and so that doesn't end up happening, right? You know, more Trey Murphy, we're starting to see that, so this is a work in progress. More Hawkins, maybe, but if you're an everydayer, you remember the show I did a week or two ago about how players need to win their minutes and looking at some of the lineups, you know, and Hawkins hasn't been doing that. He wasn't out there winning his minutes. You know, one of the bigger issues has been maybe Matt Ryan being injured and not having him out there because he was winning his minutes. And so for Hawkins not to be doing that, yeah, if you're trying to win games, you're going to stick with guys that have the good numbers. But this is also where you need to go beyond just the advanced stats and realize that you need a more offensive driven lineup out there. This is on Willie Green and the coaching staff to realize they need more shooting, they need more Trey, they need more other guys to space the court for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. There was a shot late in the fourth quarter that B.I. took. It was on the right side baseline and it was just a tough contested jumper because nothing else was there. Like there was no other shot and B.I. has to take like two people on him. He dribbled to the right off Zion, I think off a pick. I'm, I might not be remembering this exactly correctly. And because he went off of Zion, there, were two, there was an extra defender just right by him, right? The spacing is just entirely mucked up because teams aren't scared of the other guys out there on the court. I love Herb. Teams aren't scared of Herb and what he's going to do to burn you. In this game, he shot poorly. Didn't do much offensively, right? He was two of eight for six points. That's a problem. So more Trey, which we've been seeing, right? But let me ask you this. How many other options out there are there? Beyond Hawkins, who else is the offensive player? Matt Ryan's out hurt. You know, who should they be playing? Kyra Lewis Jr., right? Dyson Daniels, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Jose Alvarado, who went 0 for 2 from 3 in this game, Najee Marshall, who just took two shots, six points. There, there just aren't other options outside of play Trey Moore or Jordan Hawkins, and Hawkins has his own limitations. So when I look at this with the team, yeah, you, you can design your offense a little bit better, but is this simply like, they just don't have the threats. Certainly use CJ, BI, Zion better, but there's only so much the coaching staff can do, I think. When you look at some of this, this is why I have pushed back repeatedly when people say, are the Pelicans too deep? And my answer has been like, no, 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 they're not. Not even close. These guys all have like issues. They're nice role players, but when your stars don't play well, and we can go into this one right now. I had this one set a little bit later. You know, there's only so much the role players can do, right? Like, that's kind of part of the problem. Some of these guys just haven't been playing particularly great at times, and part of it's just due to the spacing. So this can get sorted out, but they need to really figure out what they need to do. And this is, again, the biggest red flag on the coaching staff, Willie Green. And this is where the front office needs to come in and do something. They're culpable in this too, partially because the roster isn't perfect. And again, we're going to get into this stuff a little bit more. Is Willie Green actually holding back the team in the next segment of today's show? Rebounding. Okay, that was a big one in this game too. 
look, I'm not trying to defend or sound like I'm trying to defend Willie Green necessarily, but what's he supposed to do here, right? This isn't a, a philosophy thing. This is a player's issue thing, right? Zion's undersized. I know everyone's like, he should be getting 10 rebounds per game. No, he shouldn't. He's listed as 6'6", max of like 6'8". Yes, he's got an incredible leap, but he's often out of position where he's you know, with what you're doing with him on offense or even defensively, he can't necessarily leap over guys that have like six to eight inches on him, right? That's a problem. You know, players have to simply want it, but there's only so much they can do with the physical limitations and traits that they have. You know, Jonas Valanciunas does his job in rebounding, but who else is there? Who else would you call a rebounder on this team? And he fouled out early on, right? Which leads to kind of the next point in this, you know, and for all the... The hand-wringing about the rebounding, they're the ninth-best defensive rebounding team by defensive rebounding rate, and that is the number that you want to look at, right? It's the percentage of available defensive rebounds a team grabbed. They grabbed 76.1%. That's ninth-best in the league. That's a very good number. They're a top-10 defensive rebounding team in terms of, hey, you know, it could either be an offensive board or a defensive board. They grab them at, a, you know, basically three-quarters of the time. That's a very good number. It's top-10. So for all the issues about rebounding, they're actually doing a good job. It's just magnified in some of the losses, but everything is going to be magnified in a loss. So is this actually a problem when it's not a problem in wins in some of the other games that they have? It's only some of the losses, too. So I don't actually think rebounding is a huge issue, but there's also limitations with the roster when it comes to this. And you could look at it, and maybe this is worth exploring in a later show of, okay, what about rebounding in clutch situations? Final five minutes, not over the course of the game. That might get thrown off by this game a little bit too, but I'll dive into the numbers for you and report back on that. Then let's get into Alper and Shengun, 37 points. I mean, who's left to do anything here, right? Who's left to do anything? JV fouls out after 26 minutes, and... Is it going to be Jeremiah Robinson Earl? No, right? He was traded, then waived, and the Pelicans signed him on a two-way deal. Let's not pretend that he's like an amazingly good difference-making player, right? He was on the scrap heap. If a team wanted him, they would have had him. They wouldn't be signing, the Pelicans wouldn't get to sign him to a two-way deal. Nice player, some potential, could do some things well, gave you like hustle in the minutes that he played, but is he that good of a player? Like, no, he's not, right? Otherwise, he would be somewhere. He's also a little undersized at 6'9 for power forward, right? He's not a seven-footer. There's limitations to what he can do, right? So against Shengun, probably not going to happen, right? And it's him or it's Cody Zeller. And while I think Cody Zeller has been good for the team this year, it's Cody Zeller. Let's be realistic here. This has been an issue for the Pelicans. There's no backup center to give you solid minutes there, right? You just didn't have an answer for this due to limitations of the roster. Is that on Willie Green? Not really, I don't think, right? Let's go to turnovers then. This ties to the offense, the poor spacing, but also guys just need to be better. You can't lose your footing, Zion. Like, I know that's not really his fault either, where the shoe pops off and all of that, but you're seeing just guys not take care of the ball, make bad passes, them not being on the same page a little bit. That Part of that is it just takes some time. Part of that just takes some time. Part of that's spacing issues too. It's easier to strip the ball when four guys are around you. So that ties to the bad offense, but it goes to also the players just haven't been great this year, I don't think. And they're, you know, it's a bit of a down year for a number of guys, and that's not particularly a wonderful thing to say, but sometimes just the reality of the situation. Is that the coach? Yeah, but it's also, again, tied to the players, so it's not entirely on the coach as we're looking to kind of throw blame around. And then, you know, free throw shooting. 
I, I, I don't know. I got nothing on that one. I don't know how, like, CJ McCollum, who's a good free throw shooter for his career, comes to New Orleans and, like, isn't a good free throw shooter all the time. You don't expect big men to be good free throw shooters, but it's probably something that Zion needs to take a little bit more seriously and work on. Same with some of the rest of the guys, because make your free throws, you could win this game. Kind of as simple as that. So all of these issues that have come up in multiple games and are the reason that the Pelicans lost this game to the Houston Rockets, we look at it, you know, offense, rebounding, turnovers, Shengun, right, free throws. One of them is really directly tied to the head coach. And then you look at their record and go, okay, well, they're 17 and 13. He can't be that bad, right? I agree. But is he holding the team back, right? If you replace the head coach and you fix that offensive issue and the other issues still remain, how much better is this team? You know, that's what I want to look at and what I want to talk about coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. How much is Willie Green actually holding back the team or is there other reasons why they are disappointing us right now? Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about game time. I went to the Rams-Saints game in SoFi Stadium in L.A., and it was a lot of fun, but I stressed about buying tickets. Stadium's a little expensive, but I wanted to get good seats. I've never been to that place before. I didn't know where to buy tickets, what's worth it, what isn't, what level do you want to be in, all of that. It's just not a great experience when you're kind of trying to figure all of that out. And so that's why I went to GameTime and bought my tickets through GameTime because GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you a complete peace of mind when you purchase. I got to see the view from the seats that I purchased before I even showed up. I knew they were exactly what I wanted to see. I also could see the all-in price up front. So when I'm trying to get them somewhere else and you go buy tickets and all of a sudden they're triple the price from what it was, it's an awful feeling. You think you're getting a good deal, but all of a sudden you're really not. GameTime shows you the all-in price. So I knew how much I was going to pay for the seats that I wanted and I loved it. And with the game time guarantee, it means you're always going to get the best price. If you find this tickets in if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So I could buy these tickets knowing if they were cheaper later on somewhere else, I'm going to get my money and I'm going to be completely fine. Just takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and you can do that with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's what I did. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. I hope you've had a happy holidays. We're going to be here for y'all the rest of the week. Big game tonight for the Pelicans. Time to respond, right? Against the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that I don't want to say embarrassed you at home last week, but didn't make you feel particularly good in a game that you should have won a double-digit lead. It's time to kind of answer, right? Respond. Let's see if the Pelicans do it in this game. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow to recap that game and what we learned from this team and see where they are mentally with all of that. Is the offense better? The rotation's different. We're talking about why they need to be here and how the players need to be better in this game. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. So as we went over the... Oh, one thing I do want to mention. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's really cool. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay. So we just went over the reasons the Pelicans lost 
broke down how it happened in the game against the Rockets, why this has been an issue all season long. We've then looked at it in the context of head coach Willie Green. Are they his fault or not? Let me know what you think, right? The offense, the rebounding, the turnovers. Are those coaching problems or player problems, roster problems, right? And so that's what I think this this conversation about removing head coach Willie Green or not needs to kind of be centered around, right? Is Willie Green actually holding the team back or are there just big flaws with the roster that mean something? And I lean more towards the latter. Again, they are 17 and 13. It's a winning record. They're doing things right. Some of the issues that we see, I think, are like almost like confirmation bias, right? They lost because of rebounding, so they're not a good rebounding team. When normally we don't talk about rebounding because they're actually a good rebounding team, especially defensive. We looked at it. They're in the top 10. The numbers don't lie about that. It might cost them a game or two, certainly, but almost every issue is going to cost you a game or two over an 82-game season. You don't want to swing back and forth. Well, you can. You can do what you want. But the coaching staff and the front office need to go, okay, we're not a bad rebounding team. We're doing some things well because the numbers say so. And so if you make the wrong correction when you could invest in other areas, that's going to lead to a problem and not what you want at all. So keep that in mind when it comes to looking at some of the issues here. Are we just kind of prisoners of the moment or are there actually an issue here? You know, with rebounding, not so much. The offense, yes, I agree, but with an asterisk, right? You know, even if the Pelicans fix this offense, what's their ceiling? Are they a title contender this year? With the roster issues they have, the turnover issues, right? The lack of shooting, I don't think, is going to change for this team. And part of that's because your two main players don't shoot threes, and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So you're never going to be an elite three-point shooting team by volume because those guys don't take threes. You just need to really make it count with the limited number of threes that you take. But you have one shooter in Trey, maybe another shooter in Hawkins, and then CJ, and that's about it. There's only so much you can do there unless this team adds more shooting. Maybe Matt Ryan comes back, but he's also on a two-way deal. So you feel there's limits to him as a player as well. And so if Willie Green is leading this team to a winning record right now, imagine if they figure out one or two of these roster issues. If they do add another shooter to this team and give Willie Green another piece, assuming he would play that guy, you know, or if they do get you a backup center that gives you a little bit more rebounding, a little bit more defense and a little bit more switchability on the defensive side of the ball, meaning maybe they get better at rebounding in clutch situations because you're playing that guy over Jonas Valanciunas or even Larry Nance Jr., who has not been good this season and is out injured right now. When you have those things fixed, how much more does the team actually elevate then? Right. If you were to make a change right now and your offense gets slightly better, but the other areas don't, does it really change much for you? And I don't think that it does. I don't think, you know, look, there's maybe the way I kind of view coaching is there's maybe five in the league that are going to like really win you games. Maybe Pop- Popovich is definitely one of them. Spolstra is one of them. There's a couple others that I think, you know, are excellent head coaches and you trust those guys to like be difference makers. There's probably five that are like actively bad and holding your team back. And I don't think Willie Green falls into either of those two categories. I think the majority of coaches 20 in the league are just kind of like blah. Truly, that's what I think. You'd like to have a top five guy. If you don't have a top five guy, you can make the argument you should be going, trying to go find and get one. But here's the thing. You have a head coach with a winning record. You make a change here, could it get worse? Yes. If right now your worst case scenario is you're 17 and 13 and all Willie Green is doing is holding you back from being a championship contender when you probably aren't one anyway, I'm not that upset by it, right? You know, the Pelicans have done nothing to prove that they're a deep playoff team and Willie Green is holding them back. 
Maybe you need to get into the postseason and have some failure first before you think that, right? That was kind of the mindset when the Pelicans fired, and this is a perfect segue here, Monty Williams, a couple of years ago, right? They felt he was a good coach that took him as far as he could, and they needed to make a change. Right now, Willie Green hasn't done much with the team. This team hasn't done much to say that Willie Green's holding them back. I think we can look at this team and go, no, there's other bigger issues here, and it's not Willie Green that's like the reason they're not a contender. Is Willie Green the coach that's going to lead him to a title? No. But this team maybe first needs to prove they're a playoff team, a solid playoff team, before we talk about who can help take them to the next level or talk about holding them back. Because the way I kind of view it right now is they're holding themselves back with the player's level of play, with some of the roster issues that we have. So as I said, I don't think they're that deep, right? So I don't think changing Willie Green makes them a head coach because there's other problems here that I think need to be addressed first. And so if you rock the boat like that, could it get worse? Yes, absolutely. Look at the Detroit Pistons. Monty Williams again, right? 25, 26 straight losses, whatever they're on. Hearing some things, they might actually fire him despite the huge deal that he signed. Don't be surprised if that happens, by the way. And we thought of him as a good head coach. And so you bring him in, you make the changes, you, you kind of make the right move, and it's terrible, right? Things could always go worse, could always be worse, particularly for a team with a winning record. We've wanted winning basketball right now in New Orleans for a long time. The Pelicans are 17-13. They had a winning record last season. They're the seventh seed currently. They're only a half game, one game back of the fourth seed. There's no reason to panic. Literally, the show I did on Friday was don't panic about the Pelicans just yet. There are issues here, but I think the issues are kind of all-encompassing, and it leads to kind of a cold, hard truth of this team maybe isn't a title contender yet. One or two more tweaks, they're there. The, the base and the potential for them to be good is absolutely here. That's why we're frustrated with these losses right now. If this was a bad team like the Pistons, you wouldn't be upset when you lose again because that's the expectation. That roster blows, Right. They're not maximizing it. Here, we see the talent, we see the potential, but they do need to prove it first before I think we look at it and be like, Willie Green ain't that guy. I don't necessarily think he is the guy. There's definitely some issues with him, but the rest of the team, the front office, the players, they need to prove it as well, and they're not doing that. So to put the blame entirely on the head coach by saying, hey, we need to make a change here, I think is not not short-sighted, but I think it's missing the larger picture, the larger conversation around the team. You know, if the same thing keeps happening over the course of the season, yeah, I think you can come in and go like, okay, we really got to do something here. But after 30 games, like, no, we need a whole season worth of sample of the team being healthy and them not actually reaching whatever their potential is. But they're four games over 500 in a tough Western Conference. Like, it's actually pretty good, all things considered here. So I don't think they need to make any changes just yet. I think after this season, if you make the postseason, you make the playoffs and it just doesn't go nearly as well, and you go, man, we really could have been better than we were, maybe that's when you need to reevaluate head coach Willie Green. But let's see what this team is capable of first and if they're capable of putting that together before you make that decision. Again, the issue that they can fix the most is the offense, and we've got to hope that maybe the front office steps in and starts to kind of force some changes on that because that's supposedly what was going to be the case when Willie Green got hired and maybe someone needs to save him from himself a little bit, but not by firing him. I think that's something that we talk about potentially, potentially 
in the off season. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow to recap the game against the Memphis Grizzlies.